it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey. Hey, y'all. Here we are, seven hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go into business with your friends. Honestly. we'll get nothing done. No, I'm just kidding. We get a lot done. We get a lot done, but, like, we've literally been... What time we get back here? We got here back here around four. Yeah. And now it's 10 and the mics are coming on. <laughs> so, I mean, once the school year picks up, I'm sure you won't be doing this. Right. But I mean, good conversation all around. Also, the first time we've been in, recording this in the same room since episode 50. When was, um, it's weird to see you in person. Like, honestly, because I'm used to like, oh, Jesse Norman. What episode was that? 50? 51? Oh, yeah, that was in person because you were at my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10 weeks ago. 11 weeks ago. Well, here we are. Can't wait for the end. The outro. Now you can't, you can't, oh, click, you can't click me out in person. So. Yeah, we might have to go back to recording remotely. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're doing it from Laurie Hall. Can you imagine? <laughs> what is the point? We have to get one of the mics with like that only it's like really focused yeah otherwise it'd be a freaking mess okay, hearing 10 million conversations at once that video we did with like questions people oh that'd be a cool thing to do with sphinx but i just don't feel like i already know i won't have the energy for that yeah sphinx is gone it's so short yeah speaking of which oh yeah we will be having a live show in living color and trife right so and we probably won't be on our best behavior because like for what right and you can see all the facial expressions that go with the show yeah i mean i don't, I don't plan on being nervous because i don't have to play my viola so right. there's yeah. no fear i don't plan on being nervous either i mean like how, do, how does one plan on being nervous but right. I, I know <laughs> how i am like i don't foresee it also like we spoke at a conference before and that was like good damn me yeah that was APA. Okay, Afrodemic. Okay. <laughs> well, it was. It was a black conference. That's Afrodemic. True. Ain't no APA over here. It's going to be trife and <laughs> foolishness. All right, so. Period. Period. On February. Was it February 8th? February 8th at 9 a.m. Oh, Good for me. Oh, no, it's not. Because, like, look at it about, like, 6. 6? Probably 6. I'm getting up at 8.50. No, no you're I'm not. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually sleeping in the room. No, <laughs> Okay, me FaceTiming you from the room. <laughs> now I'm spending the night in the room that we're doing the show. Oh, with, my so. God. <laughs> well. And it's all sad. You know what I hate about being young and going to these conferences is the fact that, like, even though I'm very grateful for the opportunity, 9 a.m. last day. That's some you young junk. How <laughs> you young? I, I think the only reason why I got a good slot at the IVC in Poland is because that was like my third IVC. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, she she do this. She mess with us. Okay, we, veteran. We go together. I'm my veteran. Okay, vet. This is so much worse in person. Like, next okay. time you go stay at your apartment. Okay. Oh, what is her name? You see how God just... Oh, my goodness. Look at God. Hey. I can't... Okay, who else then? Okay, Primrose who? You have news? Okay, Kim Kashkashian who? Do you have news? News this week. Katie's a veteran. The IVC. Period. Honestly, it's just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel you emailing them? Canceling the show? 
You can email and CC me on. Mm, I'm okay. Can you imagine kind of why show just because because <laughs> of this? Right. Um, Hopefully, people come so we're not just in there. Me and Delaney, how we normally right. do shows. It's <laughs> a live show right now. Right. <laughs> Nobody else in here, but me, you, and never mind. Okay, that um, sounded terrible. <laughs> what? Ain't nobody else in here. Y'all. Yeah, nobody else in here. Um, anyway, news this week. Um, Eastman is well has just launched um a performing arts medicine initiative in a collaboration with the University of Rochester Medical Center. Um, and it's supposed to lay a foundation for artists and researchers and uh, clinicians um to find innovative connections between health and the arts. Um, so it's called the Eastman Performing Arts Medicine or EPAM, I guess is the, the what they're using. Um, so it's it's gonna like expand existing clinical services, um, and also deal with like arts integration into medicine, um, and uh have some like arts related like research. Um, so one of the things that they're that they're implementing is urgent care for artists. They're gonna like work with um, injured artists to try to like come up with like uh, recovery plans for for like I guess music related injuries because they already have something like that at Eastman. Like they have a like physical therapist in the dorms, and they're supposed to like have specific exercises and stuff for like depending on what instrument you play mm-hmm. but like the purpose of this is to like really delve into that and create like a whole but you said urgent care to like i got a performance next week and my wrist inflamed so fix it well it's more like people who have lost time for injuries mm-hmm. like because when you really think of it like i mean i know urgent care has a certain like definition but when you're talking about you a career musician like mm-hmm time is of the essence period, right you know mm-hmm. so i think it's like it's um it's dealing with uh financial physical and emotional like challenges that come with that mm-hmm. um so i feel like more of the the urgency is like with with that kind of stuff like the the mental stuff because imagine you can't play no more what you finna do you play for a living you know what i mean man um so that's uh that's one of the things uh that they're doing and then another one is healing through the arts um like music therapy and that sort of and creative arts therapy um they're trying to increase those services for patients Mm -hmm. um in the medical center um and then also they're going to do some more uh research Uh, one of the research areas is music and medical spaces like i know there's been a lot of research around like what music does for doctors when they're in surgery Mm. um and how it stimulates the brain like i remember there was a story years ago about somebody like who pulled through because they were listening to this symphony or whatever in brain surgery or something no if you're working on me i want you to listen to the baby oh and yolanda adams okay (laughs) i mean right that part that's what we really need going up in here go ahead and turn on some hezekiah walker yeah because that's what we really need can i lit praise break and you bleeding out what okay a praise break and now you bleeding out (laughs) (laughs) you know what this story's over (laughs) wow whoa that was funny to me i mean it was funny but also very dark it's very dark (laughs) i didn't realize how dark it was until you said it was dark because we'll have the irony right (laughs) 
God restores. Maybe all your blood will just suck back into your okay, body. Okay, well, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let us move on. Um, but that's great because I know some people like can't play anymore. You know? Yeah, you come with that one dude and I was like, I couldn't imagine. I mean like what are you finna do? Me and the Viola don't really go together like that, but like I, you know, I still mess with her. So, you know. You don't? I won't say we go together. I would say it's complicated. Okay. I feel like that's in relationship status of most musicians and their instruments, yeah. unless you popping. Right. So then y'all go together. Yeah. Like I remember I was watching this movie called A Late Quartet, and it was about like the string quartet and all their dysfunctional situations. And like I was literally tearing up in the first fifteen minutes because like one of the like the cellist in the quartet was much older than the rest of them. And so he like was he was developing Parkinson's and mm. like you could tell like in the scene like how he was struggling to play and like not being able to execute stuff like he used to and I was just like I can't even imagine yeah. especially for it to be happening before your eyes like yeah. you're just disintegrating like I- the the Hollywood version of Jacqueline Dupre's like biopic used to be on Netflix and like there was a scene because you know she had like multiple sclerosis right so she, there was there was there was a scene that like she couldn't really play the cello anymore like that and they had to like come take the cello away from her on stage and it's just like at the time i was a freshman at college i'm like i'm not good but then i was like, you might could work. not that but i'm thinking sc- oh, no okay. not like, that like, like not that yeah, okay, but yeah. it was just like i don't know how to explain it but I just like it didn't seem like it as big of a deal as it does like now yeah i see what you mean but i could not imagine not being able to play my instrument like being I just could not. I could not imagine not being able to play my instrument because, and it's not because like I decided not to. It's because I can no longer. Yeah. Like life has decided. You smack dab in the middle of your career, and it's like, well, I don't know what you finna do. Yeah. Like chile. Um. Yeah, but that was very like initially when I saw that, I thought it was just gonna be like physical stuff, but like emotional support for that and mental health yeah, support is for sure. actually a really really important part of that because, I mean, I'm not gonna put nobody's business out there, but I know somebody that like can't play their instrument anymore and like what it did to them like mm-hmm. as a person i imagine was just like dang they were one of those people that was like that is their whole life like you in the practice room all day long so it's like what do you do with See, this time also, now there ain't nothing wrong with that but that's why i feel like some musicians would benefit from having like something else on the side not but like that, a. But that's part of why it was so part of why it progressed so much is because they wouldn't be honest with themselves about the pain that they were in mm-hmm. because you were like, well, I got to practice, got to practice. I'm like, but if you keep practicing and ignore this injury, then you won't be able to practice ever again. So it's like, if it hurts, I mean, and I'm not finna flex. Like there are plenty of times where it, it always like when I get to like around hour five, my hands like, so sis, this is real cute. And like, I'll keep going. Like there's plenty of times where like I might feel something. There was one time I got a pain in my forearm and I'm like, I ain't never had that before. So I stopped. Mm -hmm. But like, there's a lot of times where I'll keep going. I feel like a lot of people can agree with me. It's like you, sometimes you just keep going. It depends on the pain though. Like Mm -hmm. there's a pain, like I've had pain where I'm like, I can't keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I feel like, you know, there's a certain pain where I've had where it's like, um, there's a certain point that you, that you get to with the calluses that I've gotten to with the calluses where like they're they're like peeling and they're like becoming new and it, i know if i stop it will start to hurt but if you keep playing it won't hurt mm-hmm. and like that's like something like you can play you can play yeah. that, through that but like when i had to cut like my sophomore year i had to cut this one i was telling you earlier i had to cut this one movement off of my jury mm-hmm. because i literally could not make it past the second page like even making it past the sp- second page i was like in tears like it was just Jeez. too much i couldn't do it like <laughs> so 
But I was like, well, if I ever want to play this instrument again, you know, yeah. handle it. Um, yeah, so. Um, second start this week um, in the UK. The government has just pledged um, 80 million pounds for uh, music lessons um, in public schools. Whoop. Whoop. Okay. All right. Um, they're calling them music hubs, which are supposed to help children learn more instruments and perform in bands, choirs, and orchestras. Um, so that's, uh, they just announced that new round of funding, um, for all their public schools. Some people are worried that like some, well, some people were worried that, um, like music education wasn't being valued by the government. So I don't know in the grand scheme of like how many school, whatever, like how much this actually is. Cause I'm not familiar with their whatever over there, but I mean, people over here cutting music programs, so yeah. it's better than what we got going on. Oh, wait, are these going into existing music music programs? Um, Some, but some of them are, like, creating... So who's going to teach them kids? Yeah, like, th- that's what part of it is, is for lessons and stuff. Like, to, for them to learn how to play instruments. But who, they got people lined up for that? I don't know. Because you get something. What do you mean? You know what happens when you, you get people who ain't qualified? I mean, just yeah. throwing this shuffling money around for no right. reason i mean i don't i mean i don't know who they hire I, I imagine that's up to the school like they're just giving the school money oh the school gets the money and yeah. then they at their discretion they start a music program yeah oh okay like they give them funding for that mm. yeah so good Period. for them can't relate okay Period. it is the ghetto over here <laughs> When we say over here, we do mean over here. I mean, which over here are you talking about? Talking about the United States? We could start there. Right, we could start there. Um, we talk about how the weather doesn't exist in Rochester. Which one which one to talk about? I have nothing more to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Period. Okay, so we're gonna play a little game this week. I'm really, really excited. I've been waiting for us to be in person. Of course, my phone is on like three percent. Great. If they don't want the Kardashians, like just stuff like that. So they kind of curated videos around those things that they don't like, but they have to say something nice about it. So I was like, easy, I could do that, and I could have done it while we were recording like remotely. But I still want to see your facial expression without it being pixelated. So. We're gonna play a little game called Say Something Nice. I'm going, I have curated a list of, this will be in multiple installments, depending on how I feel. But today we're talking about Debussy. So I'm going to, I have curated a list of some of Debussy's most famous compositions. Um, who decided they're famous? The internet, because I don't know these pieces. I know of them, mm-hmm. but I don't listen to Debussy because I've already been over that. I just don't like him as a composer. It all sounds the same, and I also have a visceral reaction to his music. However, <laughs> okay. However, we're going to listen to some things, and we both must say something nice about the composition. Okay. Okay. Um, the first one. What is it about about the piece? Yeah, just about okay. the piece, not about WC. There okay. is nothing not to say about WC. There is. Okay. <laughs> the first one is uh, Dill Arabesque, um, number one. Oh, this is kind of pretty. It actually doesn't sound like Debussy. Yeah, it doesn't. Which is why it sounds good. Now, I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) 
Oh, I know this piece. Okay, it started. It didn't start like sound like WC, and now it does. The bass, the bass, the left hand. This is really pretty. Okay, we're actually forced to actually yeah. say something nice. I actually really like this piece. I don't like the little flowery stuff. Like, why can't you just write some normal? But um, <laughs> I actually really like this piece. I but forgot. It also has like a bean stuff. Like, ready for the next one? Oh, so we actually did say something nice. Yeah, so I'm proud of I'm one. proud of us. Good for us. Growth in twenty <laughs> um twenty. <laughs> okay, this one you know, Claire Claire de Lune. can't say what I really want to say. What are you going to say? It's called Say Something Nice. I didn't say always say something nice. Okay. <laughs> I think people give Claire Lune too much. But I like dramatic stuff like this. Delaney, say something nice. bad like okay like, no i'm <laughs> talking about no. a world famous composer <laughs> we suck <laughs> no but for real like honestly in the grand scheme of things that i have heard by wc is nowhere near the bottom that is very true yeah like that is just a backhanded compliment <laughs> <laughs> well that's the point it's nowhere near the bottom oh that's that's my thing then <laughs> that's, that's the whole point to say something nice it's kind of they're kind of all backhanded compliments that's true <laughs> okay next one string quartet in g minor Why are you rolling your arms? What I will say, I can understand why these pieces. So I'll make this for mine. I can understand why these pieces are his most popular because they're the ones that sound least like him to me. Yeah. The thing with this one, like just like the other one, it starts like WC and then it doesn't end like WC. Like I mean, it's other way. It doesn't start like him, and then the cello's part is nice. But also, even this, like I don't feel like I am in orbit. Like something yeah. like, like I didn't play Lemire recently, but like some stuff by him. It's like you just start it and then you're just in the piece. Yeah. And like it's, it's, like, it's like no clear transition. It's just like we just, it's like a rocket ship. Like you start on Earth and now all of a sudden you're in the stratosphere. <laughs> like it wasn't no middle. Right. Like it just threw you up there. That's how I feel. Okay. One of my least favorite pieces, Prelude. Uh, Prelude to the Afternoon of Fawn. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Prelude. Okay. Let me say for people who don't know Prelude à l'après-midi du Fawn. I'm bilingual. This do not like this piece. The only thing that saved this piece for me was William was conducting it like two years ago and did it a fantastic job. But it just I appreciate him 
encouraging people to practice their chromatic skills. Okay, you suck. Our skills are important. All his stuff sounds the same. It's like, yeah, you get this really beautiful opening. The opening's nice, mm-hmm. I guess. But it's, it's like, all his stuff sounds, you cannot tell me all his stuff don't sound like this. Fwah. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. Because I'm starting to get nauseous. Okay. Um, let's do La Mer. The girls stand La Mer. I think it was. I think the one that that is just like you're just in it is girl with the flaxen hair. Oh, I, that piece I do not like. Like that's one of them where it's just like, so where am I? <laughs> I mean, it's just, see. I mean, they probably would have never practiced some scales if it wasn't for him. <laughs> it's just so. It's so predictable and boring. I, was, I hate to call great works boring. Because, I mean, but who made this great? You know what I'm saying? Because it was impressionist. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? That means he did nothing to me. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's like, I just, I can't get down with him. Because he's, like, put time into writing this, you know? So I kind of feel bad being like, this is trash, garbage. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't. If I have ever called Debbie's trash. I probably like would would take that back just because like just for the principle of the thing like like I wouldn't want to cause like I couldn't write that yeah so I, couldn't, when, I couldn't even approach <laughs> this you know what I'm saying so like I like I remember somebody was like Tchaikovsky's first symphonies were trash I'm like were they as good as his later symphonies no but also you could not write that right I was like also his first symphony's not bad nor his second right so like. I've been very vocal about Debussy's not my cup of tea. I feel like Debussy is one of the people that we just give too much. That That's in my opinion. I feel like we give Debussy too much. Good says Beethoven. I think y'all give him too much. Even though it's this year, I just feel like there's some people that have just like carved out places in history where it's like there are other people around doing really good things. Mm-hmm. And even if you do, okay, not to disrespect Beethoven, I feel like we give him too much for the wrong things okay so it's like yes i think i think i think his ninth symphony was a masterpiece yeah i agree i mean richard doesn't richard said it was trash yeah trash richard said it was trash especially and if not the if not the whole thing this will get you he said the last movement well you know what probably because richard one of them it's probably too much. Yeah, he's like, why you need choir? Why you need choir and soloist? Right. So it was all <laughs> right. It was all revolutionary. And it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. So he probably like, well, what you need all that for? And all you need is one little soloist and and one violinist, and you good. Like, <laughs> right. Like, you need a whole orchestra for me. <laughs> right. Which is a minimalist. So and and, and he all, every sense of the way. Piano. Some of us, some of us want the whole orchestra. Okay. Just to remind us that we call WC trash for. A reason to play the Gollywog movement. Here Which. we go. The fact that it's even like ragtime, like, Ugh. I'm so annoyed. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Talking about that's gross. And you hear like that, like undertone to it. Like it's like almost like Shostakovich. Like it's like not actually happy. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like fake happy. It's like, let's make the man happy. Mm. 
I mean, obviously, I don't. I like that it doesn't sound like Debussy. It sounds like. Never mind, I'm not gonna say that. I appreciate him showing his true colors. Yeah, I like that. Mm hmm. And maybe some people don't know why this is kind of racist. Look up what Gollywog is. And people like to argue, like, I was telling Delaney, I was looking it up, and it was like, people like to argue, like, it's just a doll, and it really didn't mean. I'm like, people love to do that. Specifically, like, white yeah. people love to do that. Like, they love to, like, gaslight you into thinking, like, not everything is racist, and like, it literally is. So, Gollywog's Cakewalk, my WC. Your fave. Your fave. <laughs> your unproblematic queen. <laughs> We'd love to see it. All right. So. Well, that was fun and angering. So. Honestly, but I will say, of like some of those compositions, I can understand why they're the most popular because they're the least, like, I don't know where I am. And like some stuff. I, I mean, La Mer is in there. I, I skipped over La Mer. I picked Mare. a bunch of pieces and I just kind of skipped I over I mean, it. that was accurately titled. Yeah, <laughs> very <accurate>. ebbs and flows. <laughs> like, like if you were to nosedive into the ocean <laughs> and not know which way was up, you would hear. Yep. If you if you got stranded in the middle of the Atlantic, you will hear La Mer. <laughs> that would be your departing song. Yep, song. I meant song. It's a little ditty he wrote. Yeah, I was just about to say a little ditty. Yep, all his stuff's on the same. Man, you can't tell me he ain't copy paste. If somebody's composed no, his head. If but I also, he he had a quarter to meet. That's true. Yeah, he but, he he had to write. But you ain't gonna tell me if I didn't if I didn't have finale notepad, we would have three hundred symphonies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's period for real. Three hundred at least. At least. <laughs> Don't catch him on a long weekend. Right, <laughs> Labor Day weekend, boy. What you doing hiding? Well, you know, ma'am, I'm from going to... I'm going to... 300 through 372, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No slight work, you know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> Not slight work. You know, I'm going to go into the studio, see what I could do. <laughs> man, let's thank God for technology after hiding and some of these girls. Because you know who deserves technology? Like, Hindemith. Mm-hmm. And Shostakovich. Maybe he would finish that video. Not a... I can't believe we only get six symphonies that are checked out. Tchaikovsky is another We're one who deserves six it. this year, though. Oh, I can't wait. Y'all playing Chai Six? six. Uh, yes. I feel like it's been a long time since we broke out into song. Yeah, because you, it's hard with the... Yeah, it's hard. We're not in the same room. We back, y'all. Like, we right. never left. What else right. y'all, y'all want to hear? Right. What are we, trying to, what are we covering next? <laughs> Good Chai Six cover. No one will listen to the episode. All your faves covered in ratchetness. <laughs> okay, three streams. One being you. Right. That one be my mama. Yeah. I can't wait. Check six. And I just, I can think of just how many symphonies by the composers I would trade in for just like one or two more from Tchaikovsky. Like imagine how, oh, imagine if we had a Tchaik 10. What would that sound like? You think it would sound as good as like, like uh. Yeah, he only kept getting better. Well. Is six better than five? You know what? Maybe for that second movement alone in six is freaking ridiculous. But is six better than five? I can't tell. I'm more familiar with six than I am with five, to be honest. 
Only only Tchaikovsky Symphony I've never heard is three. Sorry. I've never heard it. Only Tchaikovsky Symphony I don't like is four. Yeah, a lot of people don't like four. Mm. I can't say I know four forwards and backwards. I don't know forwards and backwards, but and maybe this part I haven't listened. I haven't listened to it in years. Just maybe this I can approach it again. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people feel that way. I've heard a couple of people say, mm-hmm. "No, track four. Dang, I'm gonna start a poll. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I really think five is better than six. I mean the the second movement gives me Last gives me pause. Oh my gosh, who hurt? He was just so because this world sucks. Who hurt him? Like I mean everyone, but it's just so. Before. I mean, I will say the. I'm listen. I ain't really here to say nothing because I can't barely do them theory assignments that what they was giving us. But what I will say is, I feel like six is more. I feel like six is is more stuff to play. Like I feel like the villas have more. The third movement's hard to put together. All the notes, it's a lot of notes. Go ahead, but it's Philharmonia. I mean, mean, put to put together, but also a whole bunch of people who don't practice. That's the T. Yo, he used to yell at us like, man, I'm like, you yelling at the fresh, you yelling at, there's no freshman in Philharmonia. I'm like, you yelling at the <laughs> undergrad because I want to get in here and get out. So I know, I know my notes. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you should, he should not be yelling at us for a freaking, what's, what's that hand in the piece? So I'm like, you should not be yelling at us for that. Like, mm-hmm. come on, y'all. Oh, people didn't know. Yeah. So finally, the got a lot of notes. Especially that first violin part. Yeah. It was like, I think it was so bad. He had, he, what he do? He did playing tests. I'm like, imagine taking a playing test at Eastman. It was bad. I've done that before. It's always it's always a punishment, isn't it? Undergrad, it was yeah. like we had to do them. Yeah. What in what way did they like when they took people in the room and stuff? Yeah, they had to sign up. I'm like, if he, yeah, if he was I really they about did that it, once before when I think when I was like a sophomore. I, if he, yeah, listen, if, if he they was didn't really it about us. it, he would do it in front of the orchestra. Which they did that to us in high school, and they didn't tell us when. Yeah, it was like you would just be in the middle of rehearsal, and then like you have a section like it'll be like violas, like whatever, whatever. You just rehearsing, and it'd be like, and then he'll bring out the notepad and be like, first viola. That and was everybody would get quiet. That was me oh. when I taught high school. That's what I did. However, it was always a punishment. My top orchestra never had to do that. It was oh. always no, that was just how we did tests in orchestra. <laughs> it was always my bottom orchestra. I don't think I even this is so problematic. I don't even think I ever did playing tests for my top orchestra mainly because they were so smart I already knew what everybody was doing there's really no point in me I forgot how I graded them I think I did some other little things I forgot what I, I think it, a lot of it was performance the concert like participation I mean the concert and like something else but I feel like for my for the lower orchestra they who they just they just cut up all day that was my favorite thing to do and I, you could call me sick or whatever I don't really care it's because it's like I do all this talking and get on my nerves every day so I'm like alright bet let's go and the baddest in the room when you can't play you looking dumb I felt bad for one student because her mom like cursed her out I was talking about how you get a D in orchestra and I'm like you tell me you come in here like it's not even about your playing which is abysmal it's not even mm-hmm. about that it's like you don't come or you come with attitude so I give you a zero you explain you explain to your college why you got a D in orchestra. Who does that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand at this level, like you you got a couple on your notes, but then at the same like for for people that's like it's your electives, I'm kinda like, okay. 
I can't really expect you to be in there two hours a day practicing it. I don't need you to practice two hours a day. I need you to come in here better than you came in here yesterday. Because the problem, that's what I tell my students. I'm like, you went home and did that math homework and that pisses me off. Because if you can't, if you don't know how to do a math problem, you go to your math teacher, you figure it out. If you cannot play something, you come in here, you, you couldn't play it yesterday, and then you can't play it today. I have a problem with that. Because when you don't understand something in any other class, you go get help. You you practice it. You study for it. You come to my class. You here looking dumb. No, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking of like like going home. The way you prioritize, like I could see parents being kind of hard on their kids about that. Like my mom would have been. My mom would have been like, "Really? You doing your orchestra homework?" Yeah. But whatever. Okay. But that's how you talk to your mom. I mean, I can't talk to my mom like that. So <laughs> first of all, my mom didn't really care like she, about, she knew i was doing what i had like, to do so it wasn't she was like she came in like you doing orchestra i'm like yeah i'm doing orchestra homework like because it, that was even that was even before that was even before like i i cared enough about the video to even think about even approach going yeah. into it i so, mean it also if i knew i was gonna have a test i would i would obviously like you want to yeah. try not to be but also you don't know like i feel bad when kids like you don't know why they're in orchestra they might not be they may not want to be here that's my problem that's i don't want to be math class yeah i mean yeah it's not your problem but then it's like that's not that's kind of not fair i don't i them. i think it's disrespectful to me and it's not even i think i think it's disrespectful that you go into your other classes prepared and you don't come into my class prepared it doesn't matter so they might not go into other classes prepared <laughs> that's, that is <laughs> that's also my problem that's it's, worse like to me, it's like I, especially when orchestra is a class. Now, when you talk about after school stuff, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like okay, like I, I am upset about by my kids, but like you are coming to my class for a grade. You want me to get an A just because you showed up here? Mm. That's in like no, especially teaching orchestra in the public school. You're already like fighting against like your legitimacy. Yeah, so it's like it's like I took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not finna, I'm not gonna give you an A, and. I don't want to talk to your mama. It's not even about how you talk to your mama. Like I couldn't talk to my mama no type of way, but it's also like this is a, a grade. So when yo when you have a C, talk to your mama. It's like that's that's what it is. Like if you are doing math homework, if you are reading English homework, if you are doing French homework, then you are also taking ten minutes to figure out something that you could not play today. Like it's just what it is. Like you, it don't you. I will never say. I remember I was at an art school here in Rochester, and she was like. These students and make sure you're practicing in uh, like an hour a day. And I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, first of all, if you really think your students are practicing an hour a day, you're dumber than you think. Then, and and they know you're dumb. I would never tell. Regard our high school, we could have some different conversations, but it's like I tell my students, I just want ten minutes a day. I want you to not know how to play something today and go home and look at it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want because this in the same manner that if you don't understand the chemistry assignment you don't just sit there looking dumb the next day because at the end of the day a lot of people just want to graduate season all they just want to leave high school so the same thing like even even the toughest of the tough be like you know well, man you don't really understand when you move to hydrogen bomb over there what happened after that like a lot of people just like want to get by you get by by asking for help you get by yeah. by doing the bare minimum but also some people gotta learn that the hard way well you want to learn the hard way like, with a d in orchestra yeah i mean I feel like it's that's easier said than done, especially for kids to ask for help when you need it. Even and also, and especially if you don't know how to do something, like if you feel like something is a stupid question, or like mm-hmm. like a lot of kids don't know how to practice something. Like you said, you come and ask for help, but that's also like I mean, it's easier said than done for it, some people. Yeah, and also others, not. also like even if not even if you don't know how to do something, a lot of kids it's like they don't know how to play it because they haven't taken the time to look at it. 
Yeah, yeah, and you could see like some people. You could, I know which kids are like they're trying their very best, and this is not going to go much further. And yeah. kids who are like, I just haven't looked at this, yeah. so, and it's what it is. It's is what it I is. Left my, 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 I left my violin at home. I mean, yeah, or something, not at home at school. Yeah, yeah I went home. And also, like, I don't know. I take I take orchestra in public. School. I mean, I probably would never do it again just because I don't. It's it's fine, mm-hmm. but it's just like not what I want to do with my life. And I commend all the people who do it because I think it's very very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take I take it very seriously because I think I just think it teaches a lot of things. Like a lot of a, the majority of people, they don't want to be there. Their parents are making them do it. They already bought the violin. Nikki, my friend Nikki, dad bought the violin. You're doing it till you graduate. That simple as that. Mm-hmm. Just because you spent two hundred dollars on a violin, it is what it is. But it's like, it teaches you life skills, a lot of stuff that you don't want to do. I tell my kids that all the time. There is so much stuff I don't want to do that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Pay taxes, do my laundry. But, like, that has to get done. Like, learn the part. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I Let can't me sympathize. Think, um, okay, at all? No. Unless there's some type of thing. I have a student right now who came to me, and she was like, she was like, you know what, Miss Brown? Like, I got a one year a one year old sister at home, and my parents said I can't practice because she gonna destroy my violin. Email I, I email I email mom and dad. I'm like, can we figure something out because so and so student has to do? It's a requirement. Like I put it in bold on the contract. Practicing is a requirement. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, can we work something out? She's like, I'm like, can we find a time three times a week where she can have like. 10 minutes to just do this thing and they're like yeah we could do that so if, yeah. if it's if it's like that way but you just not doing it because you don't want to because orchestra ends the minute you leave the classroom i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not empathizing with that i'm um i mean i find i try to empathize with people uh often just because i'm not somebody that is open with stuff going on in my personal life so i always think you just never know what's going on with people so i don't know i find it hard to to just look at somebody's situation and just be like well you know, because you don't, you just don't know. I'm not talking about looking at their situation. If I know the situation, I don't even have to know the situation. It could even be, I had, I've had students that's like, Miss Brown, I got stuff. And I'm like, okay. It's not even about, it's not about me not empathizing with their situation. It's about me empathizing with, with what appears to me as you not engaging, you not trying. Mm-hmm. That I can't empathize with. You're not getting better. And you also seem to not care that you're getting better. I don't really have a lot of empathy for that. Yeah. Okay. But that wasn't the admission, but okay, this week we're talking about performance anxiety and like what performance anxiety looks like to us and like how we overcome it. Everybody deals with performance anxiety to some extent. Um I feel like as classical musicians we don't talk about it too much. I think the conversation has been turning a little bit. Like, um at Eastman there's a class, I forgot the name of the classes, but it's like orchestral rep but also preparing you for how to deal with performance anxiety and stuff like that so it's definitely something like that's being approached but i feel like in the grand scheme of things it's like you see hillary Hahn up there killing it and like no one no one's like is she nervous or like no she's been doing it for years and years and years so it doesn't even matter and it's like i don't believe that but mm-hmm. um yeah so let's start this conversation off with is there a performance anxiety turning point? Like, is there is there a performance you have where it's like, dang, like I gotta do something about this performance anxiety? Um, there was one performance where like, um, I think I was I was playing at like for Yolo. We would have they weren't really studio recitals. It would be like like basses, cellos, trumpets, whatever on this day. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and yeah, I had a that was one performance that like I felt prepared for, but like my performance anxiety is was the biggest like flaw of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was kind of just like, <laughs> so what are we finna do? Mm-hmm. You know? But but I mean, without going into it too much, because that would answer the the second question. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what it was. I mean, this I was in high school, so that's mad early. Like, I I think in high school I was still calling the stage fright. Like, I didn't know. Like, I mean, I wasn't called. I wasn't like I had performance okay. anxiety. Okay, <laughs> no, not like that. But like, like I was still like. I feel like it was more controlled in high school. I feel like I got a little nervous, got a little hot, but it wasn't like, mm. I feel like the better I got, the more anxious I got to perform. It's annoying. Yes, you think it'll be the opposite. Mm. Uh, um, I think uh, I, without going into too much detail, I, I did, I was working on something. I can't remember what it is. Cause I look at these people blocking these out. Like I don't really have no traumatic, like, I'm in my underwear type experience like on stage like I think I was playing something in studio and oh I do remember I was playing the Brahms this was like a while back and I was playing the Brahms and it went terribly it was out of tune I would and then like one thing with me which I don't want which I will uh say for say for the next question is like I'll get I get more into it the more the the more the the more things that go wrong is like i'm putting more of myself into oh, it because yeah, i was like i was like listen this ship going down like we might as well try to save it at least i could put on a show you know so um <laughs> after <laughs> you juggling you'll be able to, <laughs> can be able to catch it on, on one foot be able to catch it on fire um however after that i was like um yo I gotta do something about this because it's like I'm in grad school I'm too good for stuff to be going this poorly like this poorly relax and um I need I rather a performance go poorly because I'm not prepared not because my nerves got in the way so that was my second year of grad school and I was like so what are you finna do um okay so what does your performance anxiety look like like what, what happened to you I feel like normally like sometimes my oh my gosh my leg shakes, I feel which like huh? Now your base yeah it sucks my left leg too so that's the 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 side that my base is sitting on so the base is trembling. I feel like um, that's so like I feel like your body just know how to get on your nerves like why why it gotta be that leg you <laughs> right. know what I'm saying like couldn't be the other one. Um and then also my left hand and it's like I feel like. When you think about which one is worse, your left hand or your right right hand shaking, and you think about like what you lose with each, it's like I feel like it's a draw. Like I like you I think just so. I rather yes. my right hand shake. I rather my left hand shake. See, but then that's that's intonation and that's vibrato. Like it's like oh, you, now we can hear this attitude thing clearly. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah, but like and, if you have a nice sound, sometimes we'll save it. Sometimes, sometimes. But it's like a nice set to like. A nice set, but what is sounding nice? Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I don't know. I go back and forth because sometimes I'm like, that was my first instinct. Like, yeah, I'd rather have my left hand, but then it's just like, so you can hear how my attitude is clearly and no, and I'm like, what if you went on open D? That'd be the best open D you ever played. It's gonna be it went, okay. I don't know. They both do, but my left yeah, hand shakes. I think left hand would be better. Right hand would be better shaking. 
Yeah, but it's like, man, you. I feel like it's whatever one you don't have. It's like the one yeah. that you want, and then be back and forth. What happens to me? Okay, this is a, this thing I hate about my performance anxiety. It depends. Like, you can't choose your own adventure. Literally, but I don't Except get to you choose. Don't choose it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So I could be. This hasn't happened in a while. Because your adventure chooses you. Right. <laughs> Like this hasn't happened in a couple of years. So I guess it's like no more. Okay, we knock on wood because it's actually really annoying. Like when I get really hot and sweaty, that's what you don't want because mm-hmm. like shifts are just a draw. It's like I could go to third position, I could go to the seventeenth. Like it just doesn't really. <laughs> okay. It doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. Um. So that that's what used to happen, but like now I get really really cold. That's like happen. I I it's like almost like I can guarantee that's gonna happen now. So that's kind of nice. Um, where I get really cold, my hands get really cold, which is like I'm trying to figure out: Would you rather have sweaty palms or really cold palms? Like, would you rather be clammy or would you rather be cold? Because like Ugh. one, you sliding around, sliding around, but then can't move your fingers. Okay, but how much? Okay, I mean it's not like frostbite by in the tundra but mm-hmm. it's like it's hard to play with stiff cold fingers yeah, that sucks and like feeling like you're not gonna make a shift because you feel stiff like yeah that really sucks but then you know what sucks worse clammy fingers yeah but maybe in the wrist you could like wipe off a little bit like i don't know i don't know i feel like clammy like you have a better chance of overcoming it because you can like maybe wipe off on something even though it wouldn't be it wouldn't fix it, it might be a little better but I don't know. I think I'm gonna take. I'm thinking I'm gonna take the cold. I think I'm gonna take the cold. Cause fi- playing, know. you but you get you clammy. Play, play fast. No, I don't get clammy. I don't see think. like I used when I used to. It's like I can't play with my hands are cold. It's I like walking with, on ice. I practice with fingerless gloves on sometimes. Like I can't do like even if the AC is too much, mm-hmm. can't do it. It's a worst thing. It's like it's too worst thing when you walk into a studio room or like whatever, and it's like it's cold in here. And also, I'm actually I'm already like. But that one day we was in your studio class. Okay, that was ridiculous. It was list. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out how I about to a beta blocker. So I was I was cooling. I was still nervous though. Um. I'd rather walk into a performance space and be like, it's cold in here mm-hmm. than to be like, oh, it's shit. Hot. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because also, like, your adrenaline and stuff will warm you up. Yeah. Yeah. But, my like, low-key, I don't, I don't think my my recital, I don't think my fingers got cold a warm-up until, like, I was through the box, which is, like, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Because there's a it's lot of... It's a little warmer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because what's, what sucks about it is it's, like, um... Dang, I lost my train of thought. What sucks about cold fingers is that you get to some places and it's like you, you don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. Especially like a fast place. Yeah. Double fast. stops. It's like I don't know so how you really gonna... need to be nimble. Yeah. Like and it's be... like I'm it's cinder blocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like looking like a like You remember them them dumb people from Spy Kids? Okay. <laughs> or like when you take a video on Snapchat with an Android phone, like, <laughs> like <laughs> I look like Sims. <laughs> Oh shoot! Another thing that happens to me is I I carry a lot of tension in my stomach, so it's like I don't know I don't know I can't explain it, but it's like when I feel so tight I feel like my center of gravity's off I feel like 
I have no control. I feel like, ew, case of Rasara, like, we're going to see what's going to happen. Like, that's definitely another thing. But aside from that, I don't really get anything else. Like, it's like butterflies in your stomach times 20. Okay, moths in your stomach. And then, okay. <laughs> um, and then cold hands. I should just in your stomach. Right. Okay, eating at my guts. That's what it feels like. <laughs> okay. Um, so before we talk about how we deal with performance anxiety, let's just address the elephant in the room. What you gotta say about me? You're literally the worst person. <laughs> um, is is it performance anxiety or is it a lack of preparation? All tea, all shade. I feel like I've never had performance anxiety without. Well, I don't. Okay. I have always one of the reasons why I don't get nervous in auditions is I want to be you because but also I've never I've never had a professional audition that's a different type of audition I feel like when you're auditioning for school depending on where you're auditioning they're not looking for a finished product and it's like especially when you're auditioning for undergrad like people are looking for like potential they're looking for more than like and you never know the circumstances like there's a lot that goes into it goes into your acceptance into a school other than you suck or you're great like you know my my mind start going i'll be like but what's your potential look like and you know (laughs) like so it's like and also i feel like i know that the that it's it's really up to me like you're gonna go in here you're gonna play as well as you prepare to play and you wanna be mad at somebody be mad at yourself like <laughs> I remember this one kid in rep class was like you know what makes me feel better knowing that I can't play better than I'm prepared and I'm like that makes you feel better it's like it can't go any it can only go as good as I as I've made it so it's gonna be what it's gonna be like that that's your I would say it makes me feel better but it makes me feel like I'm I guess a realist like you, can't, <laughs> you can't play better Mrs. Taylor always said this to me he will be like not just me I don't want to give the wrong idea, but he's, yeah. he was always like, um, y'all want it to go better than, than it's ever gone. I'm like, yeah, you want to hear about all these miracles sometimes? <laughs> right. Cause I want that. I mean, it's not going to, that it's right. going to happen. But I, myself, always, I can still want it. Right. This, right. You can tell me what I want. <laughs> like, I, have I always been to shift on the third page? Yes. But maybe today, maybe, maybe you got to miss it like five times to get on the sixth time. That's don't try to that. <laughs> That's not going to work. Um, I don't know. I feel like it, I could be as prepared as I want to be. I'm still going to be nervous. Yeah. I don't feel like it's going to... I don't know. The one audition... Was I even... Was I nervous for the Eastman audition? I was a little bit... And you know what's great about the Eastman? I haven't... I was not taking beta markers at the time. And that's probably like one of the best performances I've ever gave. But it was different because I was like, I'm getting to the school. So See, y'all could... You, le- knew, you knew you had prepared for that. And so you I was, was like, also... I was also very, very, very prepared. Yeah. See? I, I don't think there's any... Like, yeah. What's finna... Like, you had no doubt that you did everything you could. Like... But also, Kate, Katie be on her Katie Jung. And sometimes stuff just be going wrong for no reason. Yeah. yeah old- and some stuff you, can, you just can't explain. Besides intonation, the only thing that went wrong in that audition, like the only thing, oh, I missed a shift in that one piece. But, but and that was my newest piece. I think mm-hmm. I was working on that for like a month before the audition. But shh, don't tell nobody. Um, okay, don't tell nobody. Oh, that's <laughs> like that's like on the Hannah Montana movie when she freaking revealed her identity to the whole state of Tennessee and then went back to California thinking it wasn't nobody gonna know. 
I don't even remember that. I just I remember because I just remember because it was ridiculous. I don't know what made me think of that. Well, that made me think. Of okay, that. but <laughs> but the thing that made me the only thing I messed up in the audition was Mr. Taylor. I took I was taking time and he made a nod and I forgot what came next. I'm like, why don't you just enjoy the show, right? And let me do what I do. I feel like that's happened. That happened to my other friend who did a VR audition. Like somebody like moved or something um with her plan and and it threw her off and it happened to me it was in my audition too i was like so east professors they just need to calm down yeah i'm like <laughs> you can fix it when i get in right but when i went into the audition i'm like i'm getting to the school so i'm like y'all can let me in or i can come through the window but okay. but <laughs> i don't know what you want me to say to that like i'm coming here so um Hope you have space. Hope you made room for me because here I am now. So, well, welcome to me. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, I guess I was uber prepared and I, but what I noticed with myself, especially like, having to like, not cramp for a performance because like you should not do that boys and girls. Um, it's like, the better I've become it's like it's like I don't always have like my, my auditions that are coming up now like I have two months my the one that I want the most is in two months and where no, <laughs> <laughs> what time <laughs> well um the one I wanted the most in two months and I'm playing rep that I've been playing for years so I should you should never rest in your laurel no you should because also play-doh hands right now um however i will say that um dang i lost my train of thought because of you what you mean because of me because of you because of me encouraging you okay dang it excuse me okay um i will say that when i have not had as much time with rep as i um have wanted to i noticed in my playing a recent development in my playing is that i'll just be way more focused mm-hmm. because sometimes i used to be like well i didn't spend 37 months on this so it's just gonna be what it's gonna be oh dear and now it's like i had a month on this like let's freaking go mm-hmm. like i remember when i went to london for that thing like i think i told you I had like two weeks to they gave me the the excerpts and i had two weeks and i was so when i went to the audition i'm like do what you gotta do and and block out the noise because like we ain't we don't got time came out over here jet lag play down and it was like i played semi down um but yeah okay so yeah i don't have i feel like it depends on who you are i mean if you don't ever practice it's like you can't really be (laughs) you can't be like i'm nervous (laughs) i'm nervous oh no it's finna go yeah (laughs) you ain't know how (laughs) (laughs) could you (laughs) you ain't know how to go in a practice session so I mean, I my, I think I had when I was going through it last last semester. You that said was last when, last. Yeah. Do you, are you the one who gets mad at me for saying Christmas Eve Eve? No. Christmas Eve. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never heard you say that. Christmas Eve Eve twenty third. I mean, it, it is Christmas Eve Eve. Okay, it wasn't you then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was Christmas Eve Eve, ain't it? <laughs> nah, but um, last last semester, okay. like that's it was, um. I feel like that's when I have my most, like, the most unprepared I've been for anything ever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, I guess that was last, last, last semester because I did my recital f- the first semester of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, that recital, I think, was the most unprepared I've ever been for any performance ever. 
and I told you I knew and I knew that and I was like and I thought of canceling it and I was like nope you're gonna learn your lesson <laughs> I really learned my lesson in my head nope I was like cause you won't do this again to go up there and have a train wreck of a recital and that's exactly what I did that's not what you did that's mostly what I did the first piece not nah, the second piece was really good and the, the second piece was the worst one of are you kidding the Spanish one no that was see that was the second half Oh, second half was really good. The second half was by far the best of the recital. Mm-hmm. Like, I was actually happy with how that went. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> other parts, wow. But sometimes you got to learn your lesson the hard way. I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather learn them nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> not because I knew, I knew it, like, I would be like, if I just skated by, I was like, oh, if you felt like, oh, I could just cancel my recital if I don't do well. Like, you know. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> Especially because I knew, like, I was going to be having my degree recital after that. The whole reason why I did that recital school, it would not be my first recital at Eastman. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to cancel it because I was like, well, I can't cancel my degree recital. So I mean, you can, but you ain't going to do the Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, you could schedule the recital. Don't show up. Oh, wait, there's a, there's a faculty panel. And a waste of my money. Oh, you do got to pay for a recital, don't you? And just like for that semester, like that was, you know, like yeah, well I gotta come back next semester just to do the recital. Oh yeah. Like, because then that that would be failing probably my credit, so I'd have to take a whole new four credits of. Did you fail at lessons for that? I think so. Yeah. Because my your jury score is like factored into your your primary your primary instrument. I'm trying to remember thing. if my lesson if my lesson my lesson. If my recital grade, I think my recital grade was separate. I didn't get a grade for my recital. It was like, you did it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on my transcript, it's like separate. Maybe it's different for y'all. But for, because your recital counts as your jury. Like that's the same oh, situation. Yeah. And your jury um, affects what your, what your, your grade is and your primary instrument thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go to your recital. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so how do you deal with performance anxiety? It deals with me. So Um, I got advice for like for like the shaking, like apparently clenching a muscle helps. Like it like I don't know, maybe it helps your body focus on that part of your body. Mm-hmm. So it might like it helps you not shake. Have you tried it? I've never remembered to. Like I said mm-hmm. when I when I perform, like I'm not even thinking about that. And and another thing, I don't get nervous until I've already started playing really yeah that's so weird to me i'll be like how does yeah this, how does i'll be go? up there right i'll be up there and then i start playing i'm like damn i'm really doing this huh? and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just spirals down over there. oh my god you talk to yourself like in your head okay yeah sometimes but yeah so that's one of the reasons why i don't remember to do it it's because it's not at the forefront of my mind because i'm not nervous yet and i get nervous i'm like so like really yeah. i'll be backstage like and then if you miss that shift then there's no way out okay not no way, way out <laughs> <laughs> okay you can't tell me there's not one piece that if you miss a shift it's over there's a couple pieces i mean like yeah that. especially oh, especially when you're doing this happens for us a lot with harmonics the ones that are way 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 up high at the end of the fingerboard like and you're doing like a string of them and then the highest one is usually the most difficult one to get imagine you do a whole melody and then the tippity tippity top of the melody you miss that harmonic i was like i'm walking off stage if that happens <laughs> like 
Like there's this one piece where it's like it's like an ascendant harmonic line. You like imagine you miss that one. You go where where are you going? Where how are you coming back from that? You can't. Oh my. Take a L. There's yeah. There's some things where I'm like yeah. If I miss that, I'm walking off stage. So I try to I try to talk to myself as much as possible because when I talk to myself, I'll be I'll be like. Remember that one time you missed the shift? Okay. <laughs> and here, here come the high part, girl. <laughs> right. And be like, here we go. Like, you practiced this last Tuesday. It was out of tune. This one little double stop. Like, that's the kind of conversation I have. <laughs> so I just be like, why don't you shut up? Like, <laughs> we ain't going to say nothing. I might do little cute stuff like, okay, go for it. Like, that light bar, da-dee-da. In the Browns. I was like, here we go. Don't don't blow it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, okay, serious. But... I can't talk to myself. That's not gonna be. That's not gonna be healthy. And be, and then and then you know you, you the advice you get for that. Well, just don't do that. Like I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, y'all really act like that's the thing. Is some of these classical uh, teachers they really act like they don't get nervous. They don't know how to deal with that in a productive way. It's like people have conversations like that in their heads. It has nothing to do with like, oh, you better go see a therapist. This is like classical music is hard so you you yeah, be I like people's advice is don't do something it's like oh never thought of that <laughs> what like, <laughs> yeah like i remember one like for an assignment i had for a class like we had to do presentations and you had to give two comments per person mm-hmm. and one p- comment someone gave me was you seem nervous wow like it was supposed to be like it wasn't supposed to be a comment it was supposed to be a suggestion i'm like that's not a suggestion what's your suggestion don't be nervous oh never occurred to me right first of all half the people that got up here was nervous right like what <laughs> man i should have been ditto right <laughs> i think the way i did with performance society is i take beta blockers listen this ain't no <gasps> no I'm just this ain't no drug <laughs> podcast um but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I called Katie one time. She was back there. I was no, always <laughs> Um, Beta is like probably the best thing that's happened to me. And I say that because. Ever? Or like. For, oh, I mean. Like oh, okay. I was performance like, anxiety wise, yeah. like performance wise. Because yeah. I fought, because I understand why people are against them. Because it's like, you want to kind of overcome that stuff by yourself. Like you want to figure out like, how can I get over performance anxiety by myself? For me, I don't have time. Like after that. <laughs> Because I, w- I went back and forth with it for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, I took that class, like, the semester before that Brahms incident. And I was like, no, I'm going to see. I'm just going to do some deep breathing. I'm going to center down. Sometimes that don't work. It's, sometimes it's chemical. Like, it's chemical. Yeah. Like, I was like, after I threw that Brahms and it was so terrible, like, in studio class, I was like, this cannot keep happening. And then what really made me do it was um, I had a performance with Mr. Taylor and it was gonna be on TV, and I was like, "So what you not finna do? <laughs> <laughs> what you not finna do is blow this one, girl." So I went to the doctor, and I was like, like "Give me the highest dosage." And okay. he was like, "He was like, you can take one, <laughs> right?" <laughs> and well, Nelly, <laughs> and he, and that was like one of the most successful performances that I that I gave because w- when I took the beta blockers, it was like my heart stopped racing, and Mr. Taylor's like, "You know that stuff not gonna make you play better," and I'm like. No, that's not what it's for. That's though. not what it's for. It's like I want to make mistakes that are on me, not because my my um sometimes I didn't mention it because I don't remember what my anxiety is like without beta blockers. But um because even when I take beta blockers, it's like okay. <laughs> even when I take beta blockers, my hands will for sure get clam not clammy, uh cold for sure. And 
I'll have tension in my gut. Cause sometimes if it's a really high stakes, I'm still nervous. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Like I was playing the Bach in my recital and I was like, so when y'all finna kick in? Cause we in the middle, we forgetting stuff. So when you finna come on, suit me and save me, you know? <laughs> so, and then I was like chilling. I, the thing I love is like, some people are like, I need, I need that nervous energy. I'm like, that's you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need that nervous energy. Yes. Do you have that nervous energy when you're in a practice room every day? Some people are like, I need that adrenaline to to make me give a good performance, and that doesn't help me perform well. Like, once I got That's to so weird, yeah, dude. once I got to the second piece of my recital, I was just cruising. I was like, just chilling because I was like, I got this. It's like whatever happens is because of my preparation and what I did, and it's only because of that. And one thing I've also been focusing on is being more focused, being more present in a in a thing because sometimes i'll let dumb things just go by just because just because right, I'm, I'm looking up at the ceiling like, like what's up over there i'm like oh, why'd you play the wrong note there just because to play like yeah <laughs> right. why'd i play the wrong rhythm yeah <laughs> like i don't have an answer so i mean if i don't know there's people who are struggling with that and i talked to jason about it and i said the same thing i'm like i'm too good to be sounding like the way i sound he was like that's exactly why i started taking him and i was like it's like, listen, if you're on the, if you're looking for a sign, here's your sign, okay? Because I was kind of on the fence. Katie's selling drills on the podcast. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I might could give you a little. Girls get it shut down, <laughs> right? No, no, it's a raid in your apartment, right? <laughs> I got a key over here. You know what I'm saying? We're soliciting drugs over this podcast, right? Um, you but literally, get them <laughs> literally, I, I just, I don't know. I just really, I really like them, and. I can go into an audition knowing that my nerves aren't going to throw me off. Especially, mm-hmm. like, high stake one. Like, I took this one fellowship audition where it was, like, nine people, no curtain. Guess who was nervous? <laughs> like, <laughs> because I was I was prepared as I could have been given the time restraints of learning those excerpts and uh, had my stuff. So, foolproof way to avoid performance anxiety. You don't perform. Oh yeah, that's also a way to do it. I don't it. get performance. Some people get performance anxiety playing in an orchestra. I'd be like, okay. that's crazy to me. <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like some people who are just nervous, I feel bad for that. Yeah, like, like dang. Imagine every orchestra performance you do, you shaking in your boots if you don't have a solo. Like, it's just like solo, okay, it's like, it's like if you if you principal oboe, I can yeah. see you taking. I can see you taking beta blockers. I'm not, and I'm not saying who should take it, who should not. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that like. Or the best thing about being a string player in orchestra is that like you got a whole crew of people that is also playing the same thing you playing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you just and I'm not gonna say like sometimes when it's a viola solely I do get a little yeah I'm not finna lie because stuff be yeah I be getting kind of and it's at a high level too. So if it's a little off, it's you right you playing unhealed when they talking about basses only right. <laughs> seventy seven no like I, I <laughs> remember that orchestra I was subbing with oh my. God, it's big. it made me angry actually because like there's this viola lick in this Hanukkah piece we were playing, and like me and my stand partner missed it, and she turned around and looked at us, and I was like, "See, this is why I don't do professional orchestras." Because I was she turned around. Listen, I remember where I was, and I remember like this is what I want to do, and I was like, mm-hmm. because I was like, "Don't don't roll your don't roll your." Act. This wasn't you by yourself too. I was like, "Act right, Katie," because I was like, "I hate junk like that." Yeah, like, why are you turning around, girl? And then also it's like, girl. listen. This is a professional orchestra, sis, but let's be cool. One thing's for sure and two things for certain. This is not Chicago Symphony. I'm like, you missed something the very next bar. So why don't you make sure that <laughs> you are good <laughs> before you turn around? Okay, you. <laughs> Stretching around right. the stand. Come on, man. Like, Are you poking on the shoulder with your bow? 
if Kathy got Bru- that, if <laughs> if Kathy Brubaker missed something, if, if Kathy Brubaker via Chicago Symphony turned around to something to me, I'd be like, yes, ma'am. What else? What else do you need? Okay, and not what else, girl? This woman turned around and looked at me in my stand part, and I was like, sus. The Lord is in me today, cause I'm like, it's one little time. Also, you also missed stuff. Mm-hmm. Christmas music, but you know, this no there nor there. So more of the story, perform as little as possible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just quit. Right. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> well, people be really thinking just because you're a musician, you like performing, like so, like in any setting. And I'm like, yeah. no. I, I went through a fr- I went through a phase where I, I tried to convince myself that I like performing solo. And like when I, I don't. when I went when it's I not really business what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I went through a little phase where I, I do like come alive when I play and I really do enjoy it. But like solo playing is just, it's fine. It's just like, if I could ever get on the recital again, I wouldn't. But they make you do in school. So we'll be right there. Yeah, I don't see myself giving one by choice. I, I was thinking of doing one maybe at the end of this semester just because to, I don't know, because I'm be doing another one. Mm-hmm. But like if I were ever to do a recital, it would be in preparation for another recital mm-hmm. just because I don't want to have myself out here. Yeah, I'm gonna say I don't think. Oh, that's a lie. I've done two recitals for fun. Yeah, I did one in high school, but I was like sharing it with my friends. Like, yeah, it wasn't for no grade. Like, it was just my family there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're gonna be like, "That's good, baby, play that cello." So yeah, I think the first one I did was in. I wanted to learn some like whatever Mr. Taylor gave me to pre- prepare to go to Eastman the that first year. I wanted to place. I wanted to learn some learn it so i got did a recital on that stuff and then i did a toys for tot fundraising recital and we played like no and we played like <laughs> uh freaking symphonia concert time and like stuff like that my teacher my old teacher was like who freaking does toys for tots and like does symphonia because like, when you're extra it's like very taxing actually <laughs> the situation you put yourself in yep just like playing the viola True. Could have been a, a dentist. That'd be miserable. And then way more dead. And halitosis. Wow. <laughs> Smelling I mean, I have a little mask, I guess. Oh, I thought you meant you would have halitosis. No. I'm like, you're a dentist. Like, Dealing with halitosis. Oh, I thought you said and having and teeth extractions. I guess that's an orthodontist. I wanted to digital be, surgeon. I wanted to be I really wanted to be an oral surgeon. That's what I was really going for. I couldn't even imagine me. You can see me. I'm my goofy self cutting in mouths. And you got a sensitive stomach. Laughing. I don't have a sensitive stomach towards like mouth stuff. Oh, I, I thought you meant like, because I thought you said smells. Yeah. So, if I smell halitosis. Thing, yeah, it might, it might and be. what Richard talking <laughs> Oh my <laughs> God. I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Like that's what I'm thinking about. Y'all stomach now. You you working on somebody's mouth and now your stomach grumbling because <laughs> yeah, I do got a sensitive stomach. Okay, maybe y'all. If I can come up with stuff, I ask the girls about performance anxiety on Instagram. Instagram. Y'all are fun. I enjoy it. Right. And remember right my motto: No, it's nobody's business what I sound like. <laughs> Period. I'll, I'll wear that on a shirt. <laughs> they still kept my sign up in my practice room. They did. Out of my business plan too. Period. Because y'all knew if if the uh, what's that name of that podcast dang it if getting grown didn't trademark drinking water mind your business 
and stay hydrated because black cracks really dry. Like if they didn't do that, <laughs> I feel like I would wear that on a shirt as well. Right. Meanwhile, it's literally every orchestra panel's business what you sound like, or you will not get in. But I mean, like when I say it's nobody's business, I mean like except for the people who matter. So like my teacher, yeah, and me, and people who I am auditioning for, mm-hmm. you know. But you no, know, I ain't do public recital anybody like people who be mega advertising their recitals i'm like yeah that's cute i made a private event and invited i am very i was very intentional with who i invited i invited only the people i knew would come i even make something for my i didn't make a facebook thing for my recital yeah well only time only the reason why i made it because i mean i'm not about to be just texting people <laughs> like hey my recital was this day i didn't even do that you know i didn't text nobody no one knew well because- i mean the people that I mean, the people who I invited was what you, Jasmine, Bina, mm-hmm. like people who I would have. You guys probably would have known anyway, but mm-hmm. just so it's on your. I'm a person that uses a calendar, so mm-hmm. so something is on your calendar. Yeah. I would do that, and also people in my studio. Even though my teacher would say it in class, like I'm telling you, like Mr. Taylor, one year he was mad because it was like low attendance at recitals, and he was like, "If you want people to come to your recitals, you got to go to theirs." And I was like. That's not what you're going to say to me because I don't really want nobody in my recital. Okay. <laughs> like, I was like, I want my mother and Mr. Taylor because he has to be there. Look <laughs> at me not showing up. I can be playing it anyway. Okay, I guess it's solo. What's this called? Okay, Monocle. Spec- monocle. <laughs> <laughs> monocle. <laughs> Annoying. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, my mom was like, you should make it a thing and a page and whatever, whatever. And I was like, girl. That's so y'all know what time it is, what day it's at? And that's it. People were like, hey, when's your recital? And I was like, girl. None of your business. I need to know basis. <laughs> that's I need to know so I can graduate. <laughs> girl, what you want to hear? You here in the studio. It's the same thing. Someone wearing a dress. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Same thing. Okay. I'm playing. Okay. The subtitle on my recital. Same thing in studio, but I'm wearing a dress. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, I was straight. I ain't going. Cause you told me. You already told me what it was. Ain't gonna be no tricks. Ain't gonna be no dancers. Nothing. It's gonna be the same thing I just heard. I feel like. Yeah. Dang. But there was low attendance at recitals. Was people just not coming, or they had stuff to do? Probably. Probably the latter. Probably most of the latter. I would have stuff to do. But you, I said, wait, you said, said people were they not, just coming? not coming. Oh, most of the former. Or they had, oh, okay. <laughs> like, probably mostly. I don't think there's anybody's recital in my studio. Let me rephrase. Anybody's degree recital in okay. my studio <laughs> who I just didn't go to because I didn't want to. There was one person's where it was, it was like their sophomore, freshman recital. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, something to do, but I could have made it work if I really, 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 really wanted to try. And I was like, girl, you have another one. Like, I think, okay, to be fair, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were busy. I, I will give them yeah. that. But also, to be fair, that year, it's like, there was, like, a thousand recitals in that yeah. studio. I think that was his biggest studio year. Mm. And the well, girls were like, listen, <laughs> right. I got work and da 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 So, yeah. it's like, you can't make it to everybody's recital. Yeah. Because he took all the people in. All these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said what? Yeah, I mean, I try to make it to everybody. There was one where I told myself I wasn't gonna go. It was a lecture recital from a person who talks too much. So I was like, I'm not gonna put myself in that position. Okay. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> what? It, 
I would just, I don't want, the literal point is for you to lecture? No. Yeah, you play. already lecture in regular conversation? I play a little bit, a little, 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 little bit. I'm okay. Now I'm just a quick while I'm ahead before I say too much. <laughs> well. What are we doing? Black excellence? Yep. <laughs> Black excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there is room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Devon Russell Gray, and he is a composer from Minneapolis. Um, what's that state? Minnesota. <laughs> <coughs> so, Gray was just um, announced as the composer in residence at the Schubert Club. Period. And um, so he began writing music and original compositions uh, at the age of eight. And he kind of fed on his like upper Midwestern uh, upbringing in 1980s hip hop. So he developed like a really strong connection to his community. Um, Today, he's still a part part of the Twin Cities. So Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, where he does a lot of different things, like really playing into diverse vibrant arts culture and like collaborative theater projects art shows radio broadcasts and mentoring younger composers and performers was he on triloquy yep okay i was about to say this name sounds so familiar mm-hmm. and then when you said twin cities i was like okay where have i heard he was on triloquy yeah um so this year okay it's literally 2020 last year he celebrated <laughs> 10 years <That's> already <laughs> welcome to 2021 um this year is 10 years of the, I don't want to You Girl, you know what I mean. The Hair You Spec scholarship that he began with his bandmates and um, to fund his alma mater, St. Paul Central High School. And the benefits of this, the monetary awards goes to graduating students who demonstrate ties to the arts. Um, he worked on the work entitled All Kinds of Blues, right? Um, commissioned by Central High School Jazz Band. And this was dedicated to in memory of Philando Castile. Um, his achievements include the McKnight Fellowship, um, participation in the Gabriella Elena Frank Creative Academy for musicians. Um, he's been a guest lecturer, I think still currently guest lecturing at St. Olaf College. And most recently, Gray was awarded one of the inaugural Jerome Hill Artist Fellowships. So he out here killing it, sewing back into his community, doing a lot for young composers in his community as well. Um, so shout out to you, Devon, and all you are doing in Minneapolis and for your community abroad. Period. So there come our black excellence or whatever. Um, got a piece of week. Yeah, my piece of week's quick. I probably probably did this a long time ago before. Honestly, when... it's been sixty four pieces of the week, sixty three. So right at um, this point, girl. <laughs> right. Um, that I, and honestly, I've been easing out of listening to classical music. No. <laughs> no, I just mean like okay, classically the baby podcast. I'm here I for mean it. The babyly black. <laughs> okay, changing our intro. black, <laughs> gospelly black. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah, that would actually be. I would actually listen to that. I would um, too. Okay, starting it on the side. <laughs> I did. On whose side? <laughs> on the, right. This is already on the side. Right. On the double side. The other side. Oh, you never, my, my fortune today at the restaurant said I can't move back and forth, try moving side to side. There we go. All right. So next week, no episode, we'll be starting <laughs> gospel black. <laughs> right. Um. No, but that was my thing, that BuzzFeed thing that was like, I took a BuzzFeed quiz saying like it was going to tell you what 
thing you should take up in the new year. And I got launch a podcast. And I was like, so. Oh, time for another podcast. <laughs> wow. Um. What dang? What was all about? You were stepping away. Peace of the week is the baby. No. So they want some. I was some bopping it. <laughs> I mean, I would be doing. Yeah, I was stepping away from classical music because. I would say it's toxic. The way in which I was interacting with listening to classical music was kind of toxic. What do you mean? But um, that personal or huh? That's personal. Like what you mean? Like I I tried to I tried to ease out of it at first with stop listening to like bass music mm-hmm. because like it would just be like it just it's just too much like like why don't I sound like that mm-hmm. whatever you over here listening to the greatest violas in the world and whatever and why you don't sound you know yeah. like okay legends like mm-hmm. well i mean you right up there Can but you um, stay on track <laughs> i am on track you're far from I'm right on top of tracking i'm oh, right on top of tracking 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 yep um yeah but and also i'm either i'm not fully trying to move out of it but i'm also trying to expand my horizons at least because i've been listening to the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again so but, i just have, have a debussy playlist i can share with you don't worry, I'll share with you when we're done. Because we didn't play all the pieces. I said I'm trying to expand my horizons, yeah. not eliminate them. Could I disin- they're disintegrating into nothingness. Blending. The okay. horizon blends with the earth. <laughs> okay. There's no horizon anymore. It's okay. Just, it just is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I regret it. Whew. I regret um, it. So pieces this week is the Borjak um violent concerto second movement i'm not a huge fan of dvorak i feel like i've been fighting it for years i've been re- repressing it, it like some stuff that mm-hmm. i like like even, like, even the second movement that concerto was gorgeous to me even new world i feel like we new world yes i ain't gonna say too much i feel like the girls stand for it and that american was- string quartet i'm also not a fan of <laughs> like come on I like I the quartet. Boss, I can't write nothing. So. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that quartet. I like his piano quintet. Number two is good. But also, like, so much of that depends on who's playing. Like, I've heard recordings of that. I'm like, if I had heard this recording, I would not like this piece. Mm, that's true. You know? Yeah. Um, The string quintet, I'm sick of hearing because that's everybody's go to when they're like, oh, we have a bass player. Let's play, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I like Dvorak okay. But that particular movement is just—he's not a standout composer to me. Yeah, I'm gonna people mad. I'm say he's a bad orchestrator. I'm—I can't I orchestrate that. nothing, so I can't orchestrate nothing either. But also, like, I could—I can see why they think that mm-hmm. feel parts be awkward, low key. Mm-hmm. And I think what else he write besides American his symphonies? Did he write anything like? Did he write? P- I think he wrote some prominent piano stuff. Like, wait, I feel like did he? I think so. Might yeah, sure New up. World. I know Dvorak eight because I played it a couple times. Um, the piano quintet is is kind of popular. The string quintet is popular. Um, but in terms of what else, I feel like I'm missing one big thing that he did. That I'm not. He ain't write no mass. He wrote a lot of little 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 cute stuff. Little <laughs> cute stuff. He did. Oh, the cello concerto. Oh, okay, that slaps. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I thought I was like, okay, we're missing something big. Yeah. Because <laughs> you gotta be like, what do you think? Okay, we should probably end, but like, maybe it's not. Oh, the the he put a piano trio that's also pretty popular. Like, what do you think? This is like a terrible question for now because we're about to end. But like, what do you think makes? Oh, the serenade too. <gasps> Forgot about this. 
Oh, I low key would be yeah, what I said. And the, um, I forgot, the but that string uh, serenade slaps. And uh, wind cello bass. That one I played. That one. His, he has a serenade for wind cello uh-huh. bass. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was try- okay. You know what? That's oh, and those humoresques are popular. Mm. I mean, they're popular. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I low key feel bad because I forgot about that that serenade. Oh, songs my mother taught me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he don't care what I think. Nor does his estate and all their money. So, yeah, I think that's about it. Like, what makes a? We should talk about this one time. Like, what makes a composer like? What's the word I'm looking for? Not noteworthy, but like. He is weird looking. Some of these pictures. Like, you good? Okay. Oh my goodness. What makes a composer like iconic? Like do you have to write one great work to be like this person's iconic? Like I feel like that's this work is iconic. I feel like you gotta have a couple. But then is the voice like iconic have, to you? So he's popular. Is he iconic? Like if we were moved To me personally? Yeah, I'm just- asking your opinion. To me personally, I wouldn't be. I don't hear too much. I'm like, he is like, God, you know? like if you if you remove Dvorak from from classical music history, like you just plopped him out, would the you, whole would course you, of everything change? Not even if it would change. Like you think you you be like, dang, something's missing. Probably not, but you never you don't know what you like. You can't miss what you never had. No, but I'm saying you already you already you, know that he's you there. You're that taking him out. It's hard to picture that. It's hard to imagine that. For me, it's not hard to imagine the voice like not there. No, I'm just saying it's hard to imagine me feeling like, oh, something is missing. Not, not even like this heartfelt soul searching. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, feel, I don't know. No, it's not. I'm just so damn emotional. I'm yeah, you got, it went emotional real quick. I'm like, it's not even that deep. I'm asking, like, if he this was a missing. Before I was like, but Katie's simple thighs. Like, I was like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> like, it's just. If he well, was missing, was making it seem like no. If the Warshak was missing, would you be like, "Dang, so missing"? It's like okay. I feel like I probably wouldn't. In the grand scheme, I mean, the only things he has some stuff that's like, oh, like the open the cello melody, the Warshak eight. That's one of those things I would be milking that. They'd, they'd be tired of me orchestra if I was a cellist. I'd be like, dun, dun, dun. okay. <laughs> like you know how like when you make, it's I'm trying to think so of some. Good. Okay, like you know how okay, you've been into you really been into sweet potato pie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's yeah. like you made a sweet potato pie, right? But you ain't had no nutmeg. <laughs> okay. But you have all these you got butter, you got pie crust, you got sweet potatoes. Like I ain't say you had no sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. You got cinnamon, you might put a little clove in there if you feel fancy. <laughs> you have no nutmeg. The pie still goes on. Like when you taste the pie, it's like mm, something's missing mm-hmm. if you took if you took the Vorjak out would it be that something no, missing I don't think so if you took Beethoven out yes yeah okay if you took Mozart out yes yeah. Mozart was cause he was like some of these people they're revolutionary yeah. that's not even just for me personally but just for classical yeah. music like you can't like that's Bach bye <laughs> <laughs> if you took Bach out you took the whole damn pie <laughs> You ain't got no sweet potato. You ain't got no oven. You got no oven. If you took okay, if you took Debbie T out, okay, 
He's the pumpkin pie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's period. You suck. <laughs> Don't make me get to defending Mr. Gollywog, but not Mr. Gollywog. Even though I don't, I feel like I get, for classical music, for classical yes, music's sake, there will yeah. be yeah, yeah. there will be something missing. You know yeah. what? Well, we gotta expand there this conversation. Be. There would be. I will admit that I'm a reasonable person. There would be because it's like I want to know like what makes a composer iconic. Okay, so like people know I, I'm into like HBCU marching bands. So one thing all the people are excited about now is like the seasons are over. What makes a captain iconic? And it's like. I low-key, like, what makes a composer iconic? Just because they wrote a couple of bops? Or it's like... <laughs> because, I, to me, Dvorak, you know, I ain't trying to get no girls mad, but... Iconic? Hayden wrote an amazing child concerto. Elk, and Elkarth is better than Dvorak's, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Schumann also wrote a child concerto. And also, I forgot who... I'm blanking on the name, but it, Dvorak has a string serenade, but someone else has a string serenade. Who is it? Elgar has one, right? That's you talking about Bombi da 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 da. That's not a serenade. No, I don't think that's what I'm thinking of. You gotta be careful, with Elgar, because he just put a whole bunch of notes to be looking like. I don't think. Is that what I'm thinking? I don't think that doesn't sound like what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, he does have a serenade for he strings. Does? Tchaikovsky does too. Yeah, but Elgar has one. Um, that's the one with the viola. That has some viola stuff in there. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And and so yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so Elgar has one. Chike has one. Mozart has one. The Vorjax is missing. Is like, even though I stand that piece, I forgot how much I like that piece. It's like is is the Vorjax iconic? I, we should continue this. Cause that's, I feel okay, like, double episode this week. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> Cause it's like, hey, y'all, still waiting. It's Katie. Walking across the bus, and we back like we never left because we haven't. Do you imagine we upload a four-hour episode talking about <laughs> devil, double trouble? Who listening to that? That would be detrimental to us. Cause yeah, it cause could now be we, another episode. Yeah. <laughs> now we now we at episode one hundred and seven and trying to figure out what we gonna do next. Week. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Low key, we might as well just repost the episode. Who really found this? <laughs> ain't, nobody, ain't nobody checking for us. <laughs> Meanwhile, we we gotta cut out because in one of the episodes, we have, yeah, second episode, uh, right? <laughs> in this episode one hundred three, <laughs> we should table. Yeah. And also, like, who was okay? This just to be a little messy. Like, who was okay. who was box? Uh, colleagues. Cause was he really iconic or was he just? She coming for Bach now, y'all. I feel like it's gonna be out now. I'm, I'm not. I ain't. I ain't no parts of this. <laughs> I think. I think Bach is iconic. Yeah. I, I. There's no debate about that. One thing I will say, like, and also I'm not gonna be in there forgetting my prelude. So I'm sorry, Bach. Like, please forgive me. I didn't really mean it like that. Sorry, um, Delaney coerced me to say what. <laughs> One thing I feel like I can't, sp- I mean, I have to think about what it means for a composer to be iconic to me personally, yeah, but I, I feel like every someone. composer that is considered iconic has not only wrote several compositions that were, that were like, iconic, but were revolutionary in their time, like Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Brahms, like, you know. But also the thing I want to explore is like, people have decided that these people are iconic. And that's the T. That's the T-T. Cause, cause sometimes it's like you can't. Ain't no way around it. Freaking Mozart is iconic. He was writing German opera. He was he, he was he the first. 
Yeah, cause I feel like operas were like an, someone. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure like a lot of operas, you know, were in Italian. And he was like, I'm gonna write a German one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he was the first girl to do it. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, ain't no doubt about it. Mozart is iconic. Like you really cannot. Yeah. You can't take that away from him. Like period. If it's pure output, I mean that. But then we then it's higher than iconic. But it's like yeah. because we're not gonna say that you you put in some dynamics and it's iconic. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I it's mean, like at the time, I guess people was like, "Oh, you could do soft and loud, both of them." <laughs> <laughs> but I guess people didn't know that before they invented the piano. And then they put a crescendo in, and you get it gradually. Like, <gasps> we are, now you taking me on a journey from piano to forte. I wasn't ready for that. Hiding <laughs> was like, "Who you know? Go loud and soft. I wait." <laughs> Which one of these composers going loud then song? Then Which loud again? one of y'all <laughs> do this? Here you go. Who? <laughs> 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 I'll wait. <laughs> right. Come on, surprise symphony. Which yeah, I want. We gotta. I know people. People did decide. Okay, smile. People just people did decide that um like these people are iconic. It's very very true. But th- and I feel like then I don't know. It's hard to say because it's like did their ideas make them iconic or was it iconic only because people took their ideas and built it upon them? Because like if if That's if Brahms was doing stuff that was revolutionary but nobody cared, they were like okay, and nobody took from him and like nobody learned from him. Then like would he be considered mm-hmm. iconic? That's a good point. Like Beethoven was considered iconic because people were like, oh, what are you doing? And then he changed the course of music. You know. Like people started, people started taking from the things that he was doing, and were like, "Oh, you know, we might could, we might could develop this." And they took their own yeah. stuff from what he was doing. But what if nobody cared? But I feel like the thing with Beethoven as well, like Beethoven was the the guy who came and he shook stuff up. He was yeah, like, "You know, what I'm finna do." The table. You know, what I'm finna do. I'm gonna start this <laughs> this whole symphony out just off the rip. He was like, "I'm gonna start this symphony in a different key," and you're not finna know where you are until like a minute in. That's like. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, did anybody else do that after him? I'm, I'm sure somewhere, mm-hmm. deep down somewhere, somebody right. up the block did it too. But it's like, Beethoven shook the table. He was like, all right, bet. Y'all thought y'all was writing. Right, so. But you want to talk about people shaking the table? Is Wagner iconic? I think so. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think just for like, I mean, just to be opera, reasonable, just yeah. to be reasonable. Same thing with Debussy. I mean, but I kind of for a while, I'm going to look it up because, like, to make stuff longer. That's true. Because what he do, like, people already write an opera. He was, because he wanted, I think, all, all he wanted to do I was think, incorporate everything together. Girls were already doing yeah. that. He was trying to obliterate, he was trying to get rid of the symphony. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, let me say, he is considered iconic. I, I think Wagner is considered iconic. Yeah, I that's, that's what I meant to say. great way to say. <laughs> because the ring cycle is like, oh, no, he did some stuff. I forgot. We can't do that to him. He did the uh, thing. The reason why I'm with, saying that is because I'm not in opera like that. Yeah, so he did like I can't the, say nothing. He had like the E Day fig. I mean, the girls were doing E Day figs. I mean, look at Berlioz. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But the ring cycle, I don't know who he thought was going to sit through that. I mean, what else he had to do? That is very true. But y'all wasn't taking showers. So yeah, y'all didn't even have to leave. What, what year was it? Did they have flushable toilets yet? Yeah. It was like the 1900s. I think they would. Oh. Yeah, because he was budgeted up with it. Was it no? That was Strauss. Oh, he right. Wagner didn't live at the time. It wasn't alive at, at the oh, time of Hitler. Right. 
Strauss was. Strauss was booed well, up. Wait, well, hold up. But didn't Wagner... Oh, Hitler stand. Yeah, like, he was standing Wagner because the, that's he the was like why some people make excuses for Wagner because they're like he was not a Nazi. It but, don't matter. You still hateful. But exactly, that's that's one of the reasons why Hitler didn't take to you because he just loved the way you turned that yeah. tune. Like, because if he liked the way somebody turned the tune, he would have took to Mendelssohn. Period. You were publicly anti-Semitic, so yeah, that was the cherry on top. Yay for him. He so. would have took to Tchaikovsky. Didn't know Tchaikovsky was. Well, that did that was that later on. They knew, right? Girl, I don't know. Probably because they were. He wasn't like going through it. Yeah, he was going through it. Y'all are terrible. We didn't deserve him at all. I'm so. But you know what? What you finna say? <laughs> we can turn these mics off right now. Because <laughs> you 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 shaking the table. You you not just shaking the table today. You you flipping it over and dis disassembling the legs and stuff like. <laughs> <laughs> is Tchaikovsky iconic? To me, yes. It in the world of classical music, is he iconic? Oh, actually, you know what? He actually is because of the ballet Ballets. stuff. I was gonna say, yeah. Oh, they oh they saved that. I saved you because I because sometimes I I get to stand in a Tchaikovsky and I'm just like sometimes you got to be realistic with yourself. Like, do I give this person too much? I stand. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Tchaikovsky's are kind of just. I, I think mainly for the ballet stuff. Mm-hmm. Did he have stuff to do with? Was he expanding the orchestra too, or was that that was Mahler? I think that I, especially from personal experience with Tchaik- Tchaikovsky's bass parts, to me, like just seeing how bass parts mm-hmm. like progress over the time, like. I think that he did a really good job of writing mm-hmm. um, for basic, or maybe he didn't do a good job. He did a better job than those before him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that. Like he treated it like it is his own instrument with its own function in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And obviously you appreciate it too, especially viola. Like, he was writing down for u- viola. People don't know how to utilize the different instruments. I feel like he did know how to do that. Yeah. Only thing I'm at, only thing Tchaikovsky owes me is um, a viola sonata. Like what the heck? Yo, are you done? I feel like if if Tchaikovsky gave us a viola sonata, okay, only these two fingers, right? <laughs> and you always like, okay, where's this thumb going? <laughs> okay, where's the neck? Like, I'm just so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Get your own music teacher coming up the rear. Okay, <laughs> I feel like Tchaikovsky. If Tchaikovsky gave us a viola sonata, I feel like. The Brahms sonatas will just not have as much hype as they do. There's no, you cannot tell me that Tchaikovsky can outright Brahms. I really, especially melody. Like, I don't care, and I know people love to people love to dog Tchaikovsky out like he didn't reach his full potential. But I'm like, that's not his fault at all. Like what? Like that? Like that's not an excuse. Like you can't use that against him as a composer. What? Because he died before he, he left. Like <laughs> he full did, potential. Needed Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn died really young. Yeah. Like y'all just y'all just mad. Right. right. You alive? You still ain't reached your full potential, so no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so worried about somebody's full potential? Where yours at? Right. Why don't you go focus on that? <laughs> That's the thing. What I will say, with like I came for Tchaikovsky, so like even when somebody like says, I just, I just be get rude. So. <laughs> <laughs> like when people like his first symphony, I'm like, okay, where okay, where you right? Where's it at? Drop it. <laughs> Drop the links, sis. Since, since you can do better, right? Way better, apparently, right. than the great. Right. Since it was trash, right? So. How about this? You trash. 
<laughs> oh, my like, God. nobody would dare speak ill against Because there's nothing to say. In front of us. <laughs> you, are, you are losing your mind. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I gotta, I gotta pick this apart. Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out, are composers iconic because they are actually iconic? Or are they iconic because we have said who is iconic? Because as much as... But also, what is being iconic without people? Okay, we really, <laughs> what like people have to say that it's iconic because like you think so? Beethoven, I mean, how can something be iconic if nobody thinks it's okay? You know that if nobody true, but there are people who are just iconic on their own, mm-hmm. like Bach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he he influenced counterpoint just just be just writing and being mm-hmm. better than everybody else. That's how else. I feel about um. That's how I feel about Beethoven. Yeah, and Beethoven's like and Mozart's like that. Yeah. And then some people are iconic because like they they did something iconic that people recognize and now they're just iconic like Florence Price mm. you know it's like she's the first to do this mm-hmm. so she's iconic for that so because I love Samuel Coleridge Taylor but like there's not a lot of people that he was outwriting is he iconic and like that's probably like, I feel bad saying that but is he iconic what do you feel about Chevalier de Saint George? <laughs> And there are a lot of it's like the thing about I love noir. the thing I love about black people is like when it comes to the truth is like it is what it is. But people drag, <clears throat> people drag Chevalier de Saint George. Like I've heard black people drag him because it's like sometimes they be like it is what it is, man. Like, but That's also the true, thing with black people, they I'd be like, just un- be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I think also the thing about black people, which is annoying, is that like they'd be unnecessarily harsh to black people. Because I think it's like this thing about like you have to, you have to do well because we're black. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you could just try, try a little. Could be a little nice, a little bit like we we go we gonna make this up, you know what I'm saying? But we're gonna be back with this, right? Don't worry, cause I'm. We gotta come up with some definitions. Maybe maybe we can come up with our own definitions of what iconic is, and like pick up with this. Get my definition, KT. Wow, setting the bar low. I see. Okay. Oh, I guess everybody iconic, WC included. Who else? Um, that one kid in sixth grade who wrote that composition, he's iconic composer for sure. Mozart? Mozart did not go to my Haven Middle School. Thanks, though. I don't know where he went. I don't know. 
don't know much about him. Is he like Mozart's ending is sad. Yeah. But that's his fault. Like take care of your money. Period. Open that Roth IRA, sis. Okay. <laughs> Alright, he should be in what what's it, what's your Ally, Ally Bank. Bank. <laughs> you know what? We're not giving no free sponsorship. <laughs> um Right. He should have listened to when 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 that guy he went to high school with DM'd him talking about being his own boss, he should have should have listened to <laughs> That him. meme is ridiculous. Hey, nice. I haven't heard from you in a while. Nice to hope you're well. You can tell you how to be your home boss. I've gotten so many of those in high school, at least three. <laughs> anyway, girls and guys and yous, um, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, <laughs> you're a child. Send them to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Goodbye.